Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie. And I'm Liam. And if you don't know, or if we've got any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about, and we give ourselves just a week to read and research all about it. Um, The idea being that if we do the hard work, we can then share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, the listeners. Absolutely. And just for everybody who's listening, just so you know, we are not experts in anything that we talk about on the pod. This is just a summary of our findings. And hopefully by sharing some knowledge with you all, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Yeah, that is exactly right. So let's get on with this week's topic which is called, or is it, the Northern Lights? All right, Ollie, just before we get into this, we have had a busy week this week, haven't we, doing some uh, topic expert interviews for some of our previous topics? Yes, we have. Yeah, diaries didn't allow to have them a couple of weeks back, so we've had a busy one. Yeah, so, you know... Eyes peeled, eyes peeled, ears peeled, ears open. We've got an excellent <laughs> NFT interview and an excellent sumo wrestling interview. Uh, they'll both be coming out shortly. So, yeah, keep, keep your look out for those. Right there, the Northern Lights, Ollie. Yes. What do you know about these bad boys? And have you ever seen them? Do you know anything yeah. about them? So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to getting into this this week. I have been fortunate enough to see them, but not me seeking them out if that makes sense so I was I was on a plane a few years back flying over to America and the pilot came over the the tannoy over the speaker saying if you look out of your left hand window now you'll be able to see the northern lights and like everyone started scrambling over to the side that's my best pilot's voice if you couldn't tell yeah it's good. <laughs> I won't be able to make it as a pilot um but yeah so we looked out the window saw all these like green squiggly lights coming out the window and they look pretty cool um, and I've never really thought about them too much since. I've got no idea how or why they're there. But how about yourself? What did you know about this before researching it? Exactly the same as you. Really? I was on the phone to Japan. Okay, nice. Yeah, we were going to Japan and, and it was late, so everyone was sleeping. And the stewardess came down, like woke everybody up or, or told everybody who was still awake. And I happened to be watching a film and I uh, said, you know, just look out the window, you see the northern lights. So, uh, yeah, like you said, looked out the window, saw these lights up in the sky um, but do I know anything about them? No. Like now, obviously I know ahead of time, we've now found out what they are. Would you have ever guessed? No. Not in a million years. How no. did the person that found this out ever find this out? I've no <laughs> idea. Um, all I knew is it's it's like coloured smoke up in the sky, I guess, isn't yeah. it? That sort of wavy, yeah. not so much a cloud as as like a like a wave of light, like yellowy green, and I think you know, sometimes reds or blues, but yeah, no, no idea really about it. Yeah, so when when I saw it, it was definitely yeah, very much green, very much of, of green light. But you've seen pictures online of them, and they're they're all sorts of you know amazing colours from yeah pinks to reds to purples, um, greens and blues and yellows. But yeah, let's let's get into it and actually start to talk about the Northern Lights. Or they do have another name, don't they? Yeah, and you're passing it to me because you can't pronounce it. So I'm going to pass it back to you and ask you to tell everybody what they're actually called. So the Northern Lights have a real name or, or a, well, yeah, I guess a real name or another name. Um, and they are what, Ollie? So I think I've, what's happened is I've read it so much this week that it almost doesn't sound like a real word to me anymore. So it's the Aurora <laughs> Borealis. 
yeah, there we go. Borealis. <laughs> we kept getting that bit wrong. Yeah, the Aurora Borealis. Do, do, do you know where that came from, that name? Yeah, this is what well, I didn't until this week, but looking into it, so it actually turns out it was the Italian astronomer, Galileo Galilei. And he's the one who, who coined the name Aurora Borealis all the way back in 1619, didn't he? Yeah, Aurora was the Roman goddess of dawn and Boreas was the Greek name for the northern wind. So yet so another was, thing that we've done, which then links back to our, our Greek mythology yeah, episode. Yeah, like another Galileo. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. He keeps popping up. Maybe we should do an episode on him. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. But yeah, so sorry, yeah, say that again. So where's this, where does Aurora Borealis come from? So Aurora is the Roman goddess of dawn, and Boreas was the Greek name for the northern wind or for north wind. So they sort of came, came together to become northern lights, I guess. Nice. Um, and yeah, don't we say that was 1619, and the lights have been around for forever. So, you know, they've, they've been there. We'll get onto this like since, since the dawn of time, quite possibly. Um, but yeah, 1619 came up with the name. We're still using it 400 years later. So we obviously did a good job there. And they fascinated humans for ages. And the first signs that we know that humans were looking at them was some time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, these are in cave paintings, right, from 30,000 BC. So that's 32,000 years ago. Now, how on earth do they know a painting is that old for a start? Maybe we should do an episode on that. How do you, you age a cave painting? And also, how is it still there? Yeah. How has it survived? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so 32,000 years ago, there are cave paintings depicting the Northern Lights. So um, they, were, they were some pretty early Homo sapiens. So they, for people who, who might want to know, they were part of the Cro-Magdon era of man. So they're pre-Neanderthals. They lived with Neanderthals for about 10,000 years. But yeah, we're talking about 32,000 years ago where they so, managed to get these paintings. But obviously, back then, people didn't know what it was, did they? No, or, not at all. You know, for a very long time, people didn't know what it was. There are some very strange stories about <laughs> what, what, what people thought they were. Obviously, we'll get onto what they really are in a, in a bit. But do we want to just one at a time each? Do you want to, do you want to tell a, a, a strange or, you know, or any of these could be takeaways, couldn't they, really? Any of yeah. them could have just ended on any of these. Yeah, do you want to do a couple each? So I'll, I'll start with one which... I can get on board with that I I quite like the idea of this one. So the Vikings, they thought that they were a bridge to the Norse gods. Sort of seems a little bit believable, like gods up in the sky. There you go. There's, there's a bridge to try and get to them. Okay. Some fishing communities in Scandinavia, they thought the Northern Lights were caused by light reflecting off masses of herring fish in the sea. Okay. They'd be shining off the fish's scales back up to the sky. Yep. And they called it silblixed or herring flash. So they thought that would represent them having a good fish. So they're out in the sea. They can see the northern lights. Oh, must be loads of herring ahead of us because the lights start shining off them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Again, that's, that's one that... So again, sort of, sort of get on board with that. Then I'll go to one of the other extremes. So, so the, the North American Inuits... Their one of their legends believes that they thought it was spirits in the sky of dead people playing football with a walrus's skull. Yeah, 
I mean, right, here's what I don't get, right? Who <laughs> sat there and said that? And then everyone else has gone, yeah, that seems better. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're bob on there, mate. Yeah, sounds yeah, good. Yeah. Go on, Bill. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Yeah. <laughs> no one does that. No one. There, a, a more, uh, this came up quite a lot. Like, I don't know if this must be quite a famous one. In Finland, they call it revontulet, revontulet, or foxfire. And they used to believe that as the Arctic fox with its big bushy tail would be running across the landscape, its tail would cause sparks, which would then fly up into the sky. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, who's thought of that as well? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any others? Yeah, what's one? Did you, did you read the one about? Um, it, apparently, it's proof that the Earth is flat. Oh yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, go on. So in in Greenland, they used to believe the Earth was flat, and this was proof because they thought obviously the Earth is flat, surrounded by water. But past the water, once you get past the water, everything's on fire. And that fire is going up into the sky, like lighting up the sky with all these pretty colours. So yep. they were like, yeah, Earth is definitely flat. I told you there's fire the other side of that water, and this is proof. <laughs> Look up at the sky. There's your fire. Like, Ice. Uh, so, yeah, so it's been baffling people for forever, came up with different stories, thinking it's um, – there was another one where the Finnish, they used to think it was where – the angels met the devil. So there's all sorts of, of ideas that, that came up behind it. And it wasn't until there was a Norwegian scientist called Christian Birkland who figured it all out. And he did it in the year 1896. Yeah, he basically linked it. It's to do with the electromagnetic storms from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> so who, how has he looked up at the sun and gone... How can they got something to do with the sun? <laughs> well, like, yeah, especially because you see the northern lights at night time. So I don't know, yeah. like even making that link to the sun and yeah, solar, solar winds coming from the sun. But he yeah. came up with the theory, but he wasn't actually proven until long after he died. And he died in 1917. Yeah, it wasn't until like the 1970s. So what, maybe 60 years later, maybe a little bit less than that, until it was possible to actually prove what he had he had said, because obviously we had much better technology at that point. Um, yeah. Was it, who was it, one of our episodes, was it Darwin? Was that the one where, where he came up with his theory, didn't he? But that couldn't be proved until... Yeah, that's later. right. Yeah, the, his, his, yeah, Darwin came up with the, the theory around evolution, but it wasn't until technology caught up about 100 years later to actually prove what it was that he had said. But yeah, amazing yeah. to like these people to theorize this stuff. Yeah, that's nuts. This guy, by the way, is on a Norwegian banknote. He's on the 200 krona banknote is Christian Birkland. Um, so, you know, pretty, he, he had lots of other, other patents and things that he came up with, but he laid the groundwork for a lot of the like solar physics that we that we can now do, I guess. Nice, um, nice. But do you want to try... Do you want to try and explain it a little bit more then? So we've just joked that it's to do with the sun. Do you want to try and explain wh what exactly it is to do with the sun? Yeah, so it's, uh, so it's caused by solar particles coming off the sun. The particles, they head towards Earth, and it's then the collisions of those particles in Earth's atmosphere. And depending on the height, at which they then come into our atmosphere 
and what type of gas they're interacting with, we then get different colours. That's the most simplest way of putting it. But should we yeah, just go over that in a little bit more detail? Yeah, our magnetic field pulls in these solar winds. So the wind fires off all of these electrons towards basically out. And our magnetic field pulls them in. They then collide with the gases in our atmosphere. And when they collide, energy is created. Some of that energy is given off in the form of light. Um, and the, the different particles in our, the different gases in our atmosphere create different colors, like you just said. Um, so our, our atmosphere is mainly nitrogen and oxygen. So when these electrons collide with nitrogen and oxygen, we get the colors that we get. Um, yeah. had, you know, if our atmosphere was made of different gases, we would get different colors. Um, but our, our atmosphere is almost entirely nitrogen and oxygen, isn't it? So yeah, that's why um, we get the colors absolutely. that we do. So yeah, so the, 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 the sun, it pushes out plasma. So the sun actually exists in four states. It's a gas, a liquid, a solid, and in a plasma state. And it's this plasma, this these particles that it's, it's pushing out. And we're, the Earth is always being bombarded by charged particles from the sun. And as Liam yep. said, it's some of those ones, they don't get reflected off away from our mag- magnetic magnetic sphere. They actually make it into our atmosphere. And those particles that are covering, coming from the sun, so they've, they've traveled 150 kilometers, 93,000 miles before they reach Earth. And when they come into our atmosphere, they get charged up. The, the electrons within it get charged up. As they mix with our gas, they then start to then slow down again. And as they then slow down, the light is then created. These photons then come off. Nate, you sound like a real scientist. Ah, I love looking into that this week. That was legit. I'm on half term from school. I know I've said I'm a teacher, but I'd have loved to have gone in and had a chat with the science department about this. Yeah, um, that would probably be an experiment one. I could have watched. <laughs> yeah. And then, so it, it depends, as Liam was saying, depends on what the, the particles, these particles from the sun, depends what they're reacting with. Earth is nitrogen, oxygen. And the two things that then dictate all these different colours is the gas that they interact with and the distance away from earth. So how high up they are in our atmosphere. And there are some, there are some rules around this, aren't there? All just, well, not sort of rules. There are just some, some occurrences that happen depending on these two things. Yeah. So, so oxygen, when it mixes with these protons and electrons from the sun typically gives off um, the greens and the yellows and the height that it is happening will determine whether it's greeny or yellowy. But typically if you're looking at a greeny or yellowy, um, light in the northern lights that'll be oxygen reacting with these electrons from the sun whereas nitrogen causes the blue and red colors you know on that sort of spectrum and again depending on how high we're talking depends on sort of whether it's bluey or reddy i guess um, yeah and, and they, but they typically occur at different heights don't they the colors yeah so what happens is depending on on the heights and how they've reacted so you get more of the reddy colors when you've got nitrogen they're more like 200 miles up into the air and then the greens, they're more like 60 miles up into the air from oxygen. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so it's just, it's simple, isn't it? It's just simple solar physics. It's just the sun firing off these electrons towards the earth. Um, how did Birkeland figure that out before it was <laughs> proved? How did he then realise that this was happening, that these solar storms, these solar flares, whatever, were coming towards earth? Our magnetic sphere was bouncing most of them away, so we were protected. But the parts that were getting in at the North and the South Pole were then creating these colours. That's incredible. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I think. Did you read whether they're harmful or not? Bearing in mind they're coming from the sun. Did you read anything about? No, them? no, I didn't. I didn't see any of this. Yeah, so they're, they're not really harmful to humans, but they're, they're like given the fact that we've now got a lot more satellites and things, they, they're gonna. They likely have an effect on like electrical power lines, oil pipelines, computer networks, the cloud, satellites, things like that. Um, but yeah, generally, they're not they're not a, a risk to us as humans. Okay. There might be a risk to aeroplanes flying really high, but aeroplanes don't fly that high. Okay. So, you know, we should be all right. Talking about that and flying really high, so you can actually see them from space. And so oh, yeah, I did read that astronauts that have been on the International Space Station will sometimes pass through them whilst they're in orbit. So whilst most of the northern lights appear between about 90 and 130 kilometres above the Earth's surface, they can go up to 600 kilometres, then go super high, and the International Space Station flies at around 408 or orbits, about 408. So, yeah, astronauts have actually flown through them and, uh, and recorded it, which is pretty cool. But the other thing about in space is that we're not the only planet where they can occur on, are they? You can actually get them no. on other planets. Well, it's the same. It's exactly the same theory as us, isn't it? Our sun is firing all of this out, and every other planet has a magnetic field of some degree, and obviously each planet will have northern lights, therefore, to a, to a degree. Yeah. Um, I think Jupiter's the, the Jupiter's got crazy ones, don't they? Because they've got a really strong magnetic field, so they're, they're pulling in more of these charged electrons. Yeah, we, we should definitely put up a couple of pictures on our socials about this and about some of the other planets. So, yeah, Jupiter's magnetic field is 20,000 times stronger than that of Earth's. And so their, their auroras are way brighter than ours and way bigger. And they, they look absolutely incredible. And they're, they're derived exactly the same way that ours are, just from the, the, the solar winds that come out of the sun. So... We've talked about what they're not, and we've talked about what they are. How do we get to see them? Where, when, how? What do we know about that? We should probably maybe appease some of our listeners in the Southern Hemisphere now as well, because we've not spoken about this at all yet, have we? Yeah, it turns out when we say where can you see them, we're going to obviously we're going to say up north because they're called the Northern Lights. But turns out you get Southern Lights, don't you? Um, yeah, that's right. Because obviously for the exact same reason, because there's a pole down there, there's the South Pole, there's a magnetic field, you get the same thing. They're called the Aurora Australis, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Aurora Australis. And the really interesting thing that I was reading about this is that the Northern Lights and the Southern Lights, they are a mirror image of themselves. So when you see the, 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 you know, the light flares that are going across the sky, that is happening as a mirror image in the Southern Hemisphere as well. So they've managed to put satellites out and track them and view the technology. And it's, yeah, it's pretty incredible to see. The only time where it doesn't really happen is if there's super strong solar flares that come out and it sort of gets everything on a bit of the skew whiff. Mm -hmm. But generally, yeah, they're, they're an absolute mirror image of themselves. And but yeah, if there, if there are clouds, they're still happening. You just can't see them. Yes. Yeah, that's just, right. Like, oh, what? There's no, there's no northern lights anymore. Like, if they're happening and it's cloudy, you just can't see them because the clouds are above you. So, you know, you might say, "Well, I can see them in the north, but I can't see them in the south today because it's, it's cloudy somewhere." Yeah. You know, they'd, they'd be happening. But um, generally, people talk about the northern lights just because it's it's more accessible, isn't it? So, yeah, 
trying to see the southern lights is is much more difficult there isn't really the the population or the infrastructure around it to then go and see them so if if anyone's yeah. thinking about doing this and this is why people talk more about the northern lights just because they're more popular if you if you've got your heart set on going to see it where's the best places to go you need to be up north obviously somewhere up in the arctic circle places like alaska northern canada iceland norway finland russia sweden you know just look at the top of a globe try and get up there somewhere but i'd read that one of the best one of the best places and they have a huge tourism industry around it is norway um and, and okay. the reason being because it's it's well developed and you can go to towns and there's the infrastructure in place and you can fly in and it's it's comfortable and it's easy to get to so yeah nor tromso norway would probably be where you'd want to go or it's one of the easier places to go to obviously than perhaps you know northern nice. alaska or something yeah and so ideally what you're looking for is you're looking for somewhere with clear dark skies to be able to see you know this this amazing phenomenon and you want to be yeah, with very little light pollution as well. So you'll be looking, even if you do go into, into a town, like a hotel to stay, you'll probably go out into the country so you don't have any light pollution. Yeah. And it is, as Liam says, you need a clear, clear night to see it. But they're, they're always out. So that's one of the things that I think is a bit of a misconception of people, where they then they, they travel to go and see them and they say, oh, they didn't come out tonight. There's a couple of reasons why you might, might not be able to because there's too much light pollution, there's clouds, or it could be if, if it's the moon's out as well. The moon can sometimes dampen them down so yeah. you don't actually get to see them um, as well as what you'd like to. Also, if it's not dark. So, you know, time of year to go is quite important. So the best time of year is September to March, ob- obviously, because that's wintry and it's dark and it's easy to spot them in the dark. The absolute best time is not just between September and March, but actually September or March. Okay. Something to do with the equinox, and it, it means that you've got more darkness or something. I didn't exactly read into that, but September or September and March is when you'd want to go. And when is it? It's like sometime between sort of 6 p.m. and 3 a.m. or something like that, isn't it? Or yeah, 9, 9, yeah, 9 p.m. and 3 a.m. is the is the best times. And the, the other thing as well is to factor in the the when saying about the moon is you want it to be a new moon remember when we were talking about this where it's you can't actually it creates more darkness on a new yeah. moon than when it does with yeah. a with a full where, where we are in relation to the new moon where's the moon if it's a new moon i'll put you on the spot so it is it goes us the moon then the sun yeah because the sun's behind the moon and it's so bright that we can't see the moon it's just a shadow yeah Wait that's so, so cool. I, I remember that. I think I remember that forever, obviously. Um, <laughs> but there's, so you can, you can put all this prep into it. So you can go to the right place. You can, you know, obviously go somewhere that's accessible. You can figure out like roughly don't go when it's a full moon. But one of the things that is impossible to forecast at the moment is the, the solar flares and the solar capabilities that are coming out. So you could have everything else go in your favor and then it just turned out that it's a bit of a dim one that night, unfortunately. Although they can track the solar cycles, can't they? Yeah. Do you read this about solar minimum? So the solar cycle, and it has maximums and minimums. So the solar cycle represents like a 15-year period where it's firing out all of these um, electrons and charged particles. And it, it, it is more active at certain points. 
and they, yes. they, can, they know when this is. But they know that the next maximum year is going to be 2025. Yeah, that's right. So if we're talking about going, we're now thinking, right, we're going to go to probably Norway. We're going to fly in. We're going to go in 2025. We're going to go when there's a new moon, which we know when that will be because you can look on a calendar. Yeah. We're going to go in September. You know, when is the new moon in September 2025? That's when I'm going to go to Norway to go and see the Northern Lights. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That would be your, your peak time. And this maybe could have been a takeaway of mine, but do you know that the Northern Lights are out all the time? So they're out in the daytime. It doesn't stop during the day. It's just that you can't yeah. see them. Yeah, because it's not dark. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're always know. there, but people just think that they're a nighttime phenomenon. I liked, I, I liked reading about, um, does it need to be cold? Uh, that's like a myth. Like I was oh, yes. Cold. Yeah, 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 go on. So... It doesn't need to be cold. It's just the time of year when you want to go and see them is winter because that's when there's more dark. So it happens to be cold then. So people sort of put two and two together and go, right, when it's cold, so the Northern Lights are out. That's not true. It just happens to be cold when the best time to see the Northern Lights is. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, when when there's clear skies, it's colder. Another one of the myths that I was reading about is, do they make a noise? (laughs) Oh, go on. And it's that because people have heard static or they've heard like hissing sounds, almost like, you know, if you mistune an old radio um, while they've been viewing the, the lights. But scientifically, there's no proof that they produce any sound. It's mainly to do with because they're happening so high up in the air, the noise wouldn't be able to travel far enough from the altitude that they're coming down at for us to be able to hear anything that they're producing but yeah. because so many people have reported this similar sound, scientists have been trying to figure out what does it mean, and they can't. Well, someone's going to suggest it, and then they'll die, and then 50 years later, someone will prove it. That's what'll happen. <laughs> Apparently, dogs bark more as well when there's a really strong aurora borealis. So <laughs> there's lots of apparently. Apparently, in in, China, in Japanese culture, sorry. A, a child conceived during a Northern Lights display will be blessed with good looks, intellect, and good fortune. <laughs> now, now I'm sitting in front of a ginormous map. Japan is nowhere near the South or North Pole. So when will they ever see the Northern Lights? Like, that don't make no sense. <laughs> That's brilliant. But it's been super interesting. Have you got a takeaway you want to share with everybody? Yes, just a very quick one. If we do want to go to the Tromso, Norway, in the last week of September, all right, just in case we've got any listeners out, we've got lots of listeners in the UK. I think it was like the 26th of September, you can get a flight from London, 142 quid. Tromso, <laughs> you have to go via Bergen or Oslo or somewhere. 142 pounds, accommodation for four nights, 100 quid. So you're talking less than 250 quid. You can get yourself up to Norway to go and have a look at the Northern Lights in September. Are we going, are we? Well, I should have checked when the new moon was because I didn't actually factor that in. But I'd imagine that price isn't going to be much different. <laughs> um, that's a Monday to Thursday, end of September, about 250 quid. You can get up and go and see the Northern Lights. Oh, maybe we're off going. I like that. Well, because there, there were lots of um, like agencies who run trips and things, you know, come yeah. up, come and see the Northern Lights. But they, they're going to do exactly what I've just done, looked up the prices and then bang on 40% to say they've sorted it out for you. Like, <laughs> just go there yourself, go for a little walk at night time, walk out into the middle of a field and look up. Like, 
easy right amazing advice i love that yeah anyway go on what's yours so my two guys one topic takeaway is that cameras see the northern lights better than what our eyes do oh wow so the aurora is relatively dim and the redder light is often the limit of what our human retinas can see so cameras are often much better at being able to to see this like with the long exposures that they have and so it's almost just a little warning don't get your hopes up too much so when you see these absolutely incredible pictures that are posted online or ever of the northern lights it might not actually look as good as that in real life because cameras can see it better and so i guess that old age thing of don't believe everything that you see on instagram probably comes yeah. true yeah, that 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 age old, age old saying. Don't believe everything on Instagram. Of the last nineteen years. Yeah, <laughs> mate. What an what an interesting uh, week learning this. This has been good. I, I one can't believe there's seven lights. I mean, I can believe it. It seems really obvious now, but we never talk about them. That boggled me a little bit. And also knowing that they they come from the sun and that they're these charged particles coming off the sun, colliding with our atmosphere and, and causing colors in the sky it's yeah it's it seems whoever I, I just can't believe they ever worked that out for me i couldn't believe that it's actually spirits in the sky playing football with a walrus's head <laughs> i, never, I had yeah. no idea about that but if that's what it is that's what it is i can't argue with it yeah foxfire <laughs> amazing yeah what a brilliant topic yeah, great week this week, Holly. Um, I think, actually, we should have mentioned this a bit earlier, I think. This was one of our listener suggestions. Oh, yeah. I think it was, J- was it JD.Night yes. on Instagram? Yeah, it was. Suggested to do this, and then this didn't win the vote. And then we both thought that that was a pretty cool one to do. We've ended up doing it. So, Mr. Knight, uh, if you're listening, that was for you. So, thank you very much. And again, right, everybody listening, if you've got any suggestions about topics, um, you've got any comments you want to make or messages you want to send us, please do so on twitter instagram facebook at two guys one topic uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts or comments um otherwise we will be with you next week with a brand new topic get out there and share some northern lights knowledge <laughs>